All right, all right, all right. Welcome on in to the Sports on Tap Seattle podcast. It's your boys, two brothers, as always. I'm Sammy on tap with an I. Sam I. Don't forget, Sammy on tap. Sam I on tap. Correct. (laughs) And I'm George on tap. Welcome on in. Happy first place Seahawks season. Love it. It's beautiful. Um, First place. We just experienced a road game, and that road game was special. You know why, George? Tell Mostly why. Seahawks fans, I swear. Oh, it was like easily, easily like 50, 60% uh, Seahawk fans. I'm actually, if you're listening to this podcast, I will be posting a YouTube video, like a full vlog about the game. I mean, it's going to be out later today. It's already uh, just l- uploading on YouTube right now. George on tap on YouTube, you can see how many Seahawk fans were there. Cause that's kind of like the big gist of my YouTube video is how much Seahawk fans were in Arizona. It was insane. Uh, it was loud for the Seahawks and, uh, it was just loud. And like, you didn't feel like, it, I don't know. It just didn't feel like a road game, especially at the bars. And that's probably cause so many people, are on vacation there and you know that's those are probably the people that are going to the bars mm-hmm. more before the game and enjoying their Sunday afternoon and it was quite remarkable like uh there was just a ton of Seahawks fans at the bars more than anywhere like more than you know the game it's probably 50-50 at the game but the bars it was like 80% Seahawks fans so it felt at home uh, but overall it was a great experience too it was sunny it was 75 and sunny so you had the roof open in Arizona, which I know doesn't happen all the time. It's, you know, out of their eight home games probably happens, you know, only half of them. So it was really cool. Roof open. The stadium is actually beautiful with the roof open. And uh, we got to experience another day of the Seahawks winning. Another day of the Seahawks being underdogs in Vegas, George, which they're underdogs again this coming week, which we'll get to. But another week of the Seahawks being underdogs, where in all honesty, Last time they played the Cardinals, maybe I understand. This time I didn't really understand the underdog part because you'd think at this point it was pretty clear that, to me at least, and I, this this is I don't even think this is a biased Seattle point, but like the Seahawks have been a lot better than the Cardinals this year. Maybe they're really, still just confused. <laughs> they really have, but man, I was um, God, I was trying to look this up for us right now, and for some reason. I could not find the stat, but you know how good I know we call Arizona like the house of horrors for the Seahawks because a lot of uh, they're eight and one in their last nine there. If that's what you're yeah, looking for. that's yeah, what I was looking for. There it is. That's Thank not you. why it's called the house of horrors. I know, I know. To do with it. No, it's I know. House of horrors I, because we've lost so many people to season-ending injuries, and the Super Bowl happened there. I mean, yeah, the Super exactly. Bowl is a house of horror in itself. Yeah, absolutely. But I just wanted to get to that. Man, we've been dominating them on the road, though. I, it's really like I was surprised to see that it's eight, eight one and one because we had that tie game on the overtime, yeah. I think, as well. We've been really good on the road against Arizona. Like this division rivalry is not so much of a rivalry when we keep kicking their ass over and over. But I think it goes back to what you were saying, Sam. I also, I also think they win in Seattle the majority of the time as well, just to the FYI. So do, do they? Uh, you want to check that? Because uh, I'm not I'm really almost sure. 100% sure. Okay. I'm. I have no idea. Um, I do know that in general, though, we um, – how do I say this? Like, I think it's because of our fan base that travels so much there. It's almost like a home game for the Seahawks when we play in Arizona. And that well, does help a lot. 
Yeah, I know it was a home game, and it does it does help a lot making the team play better. Like when you don't have to go to an environment where the other team is booing you and yelling and loud and raucous. Like it is, it felt like it was really smooth for the offense to call plays. It felt like the defense did have some volume when it was third down. Like it actually felt that that does help a team no matter what. So I think that's why our record in Arizona is so good. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Last year they beat us at home. Last year, 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the year? They beat us in 2019. So it's been two and two in the last three. And then we won the one before that. Then we lost the one before that and lost one before. It, so they're like four and three in the last seven years. Well, okay. that'd be so wait. We were talking about the last how many years? If we're going eight games, mm-hmm. nine, ten games, ten talking, games, yeah, ten years. Uh, it's been pretty even at home. So on the road, I think it's been, actually in their history. Uh, let's see, in the history. Oh, it doesn't tell you on the road. Never mind. But they're pretty close, twenty-five to twenty-two in Seattle in history of their match. Okay, but uh, it's it's definitely the the eight and one and one in Arizona over the last uh, <laughs> whatever ten years is a ridiculous stat because road games are harder to get in the NFL, and to go to a division rival every single year and kick some ass, it's pretty remarkable. It feels great. Um, it feels great. Obviously, like you said, it's one of the easier flights. Um, for Seattle people, and I know San Francisco is easy and so is LA, but if you even just consider maybe prices of hotels in those areas mm-hmm. um, and travel costs in general, Phoenix is a very easy spot for people to fly into for a good price, probably find a good hotel in Glendale rather than, you know, finding one in San Francisco or in LA, LA uh, yeah. price and hit a game. So it's a common, it's a very common polar opposite weather. It's 52 and rainy in Seattle. People want to head to Phoenix get some 75 and sun for the weekend and go watch the Seahawks win. I feel like it's a very normal thing and it happens a lot. And I'm, I'm just glad we were a part of it. And it was so cool to see how many Seahawks fans were there. And, you know, I mean, we were obviously there with some Seahawks fans as well and everyone around us. I mean, every section was pretty, pretty close to 50, 50 split of Seahawks, fans, especially the lower deck. You got to remember these Seahawks mm-hmm. fans that are coming on vacation. They're not buying the 400 sections. A lot of them are no. buying the lower deck. Yeah, they want to come, have a good time, watch the game from, you know, a good seat. And the cool part of it was, I think it was, was it the fourth quarter, I think, or late in the third quarter, the uh, the defense came and kind of acknowledged all the fans and kind of pumped it up. It was pretty cool. Do you remember that moment in the game? It was, uh, or was it the special teams? The special teams. It was after a punt that got like, uh, they got dropped on like the five yard line. He walked up to like our section 122. They started pumping up the crowd. And like, you wouldn't do that on the road if you, you might hit like a shush on the road, but right. he hit like a pump up and the crowd got loud for him. So, right. you know, it kind of reminded me of a college environment. Um, a lot of college games, uh, a lot of European soccer games, there's like an away section. Uh, but you see that more here in college football. There's an away section. It kind of felt like, even though it was mixed, but it almost felt like we had an away section of fans that they were acknowledging. It was pretty fucking cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Great win. Great environment. Um, and I'm just excited to continue to see what the Seahawks teams can do because as much as that was a win against, a, I would say, inferior opponent, nobody in our division's bad. 
Right. That's the best way. To, I mean, well said, man. There's no one in this division. Despite, okay, before the season, a lot of people thought the NFC West could be the best division in football. Last year, there was three playoff teams in the division, us being the one team that didn't make the playoffs. Uh, this year, I don't think there'll be three playoff teams in our division. The Rams aren't playing good. The Cardinals aren't playing good. It's us and the 49ers. But um, I don't think there's a pushover in our division. There's no game you go to in this division where you say, all right, well, this is an easy one. We don't have a one in seven team. We don't have like those two and five teams. Every team is pretty damn solid. Uh, yeah, they're they're all good. <laughs> so, yeah, it is. It is uh, even with the bad records. I'm here to say they're all good because I agree. They just are like, I don't know. The Cardinals are not a team that, you know, you could send the Cardinals to Buffalo tomorrow or to new or to the Eagles. I know they lost to the Eagles, but you could send them there and get a win. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say the same about like the Texans, right? Right. Or, There's no Texans in our, that's a great yeah. point. No Texans in our division. Uh, I'm trying to think of other really bad divisions. Not that it matters. There's no lions in our division. You know, they just beat the Packers. There's no Packers in our division. They almost, they almost beat us. <laughs> they almost beat us. So, yeah, in general, um, yeah, uh, it, we we play a pretty tough division, so it's nice to see us get road wins and continue to win in the division. good road win, and it's good odds. Or it's it's, it's cool being the underdogs, is what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, like, we're, we're two, I think we were point-and-a-half underdogs or two-point underdogs going into Arizona, and it's happening again next week in Germany as the Seahawks go play Tom Brady. Um, and the Bucks in Germany were two and a half point underdogs, according to Vegas. And I, I find it crazy because we went through some of those Seahawks odds that you brought up, uh, which is we have an 89% chance of the playoffs, 65% chance at division title, NFC championship appearances at a 27% chance. Like oh, that's one really? in four, bro. That's yeah. one in four. Think about how cool that is. Super Bowl appearance, 10.9% chance. Super Bowl win. The six best odds at five point one percent, bro. When you think about that, like that, that, I mean, that's a legitimate chance. That's not like a kind of chance. That's like a legit, legit. Football outsiders have us at six best odds to win the Super Bowl. Um, On top of that, a twelve percent chance to get a a five top five pick via Denver. So you're talking about a team that has a top five or top six odds in making a Super Bowl or winning a Super Bowl. Not even making making a Super Bowl with ten percent chance. I mean, where that's. That's a pretty good chance. And then you, really know, good. you have a chance at a top five pick. But I just keep wondering why at, with those numbers, Vegas keeps having the Seahawks as underdogs in games. And that may be mm. because they're playing Tom Brady. That could be because the Seahawks are on a, what, four-game winning streak now? So Yeah, at and some you point, have to travel. Like, I mean, everyone has to travel when they go to Germany. It's pretty far. But, I mean, we're five hours behind Tampa even. And we have to drive five, five hours. Sammy, when we play, we already do the most miles by far in any team in the league. Now you're adding even more. Like it's it's a far, it's a far place. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the miles stuff. I used to think it makes a difference because like this year we had the most miles traveled out of any team in the NFL mm-hmm. by far by like twenty thousand miles. And we're six and three and we have, you know, we're a top five team in football top six. So like whatever. At the end of the day, for me, uh I think it's cause Tampa Bay is you know, they were they're one in four in their last they're one in three in their last four games while the Seahawks are 4-0 in their last four games, I think just the odds are looking at, like, you know, probably break a little bit of a Seahawks win streak and Tom Brady might get another win is probably what the odds are looking at, right? Yeah, but probably. What's funny about this team is I think Vegas still can't figure him out, right? Like, every week it's like an underdog. And I know it was on the road, but, like, I was looking at that. I was like, how are we underdogs against 
the Arizona Cardinals. Like we're so much better. And it turns out we were better. Right. And I mean, despite one Gino mistake that pick he had, fuck, could you ask for a more like clean, perfect game? They haven't been making real mistakes, this team. No, they haven't. And that's like literally other than that pick six. Um, like you said, he played a perfect game, but I guess I kind of want to just, you're talking about being underdogs and all those cool odds about winning, you know, the NFC or going to the Super Bowl. What, I mean, our expectations have really changed before the season. Like if you told me, all right, let's forget the Super Bowl and the playoffs things right now. But if you told me before this season that I am kind of surprised that we're underdogs against Tampa Bay in Germany, I I, I would be like, nah, They're, before the season, you're saying, we're probably seven, eight point underdogs going into that game. Now we're shocked that we're actually underdogs. If you told me before this season, Arizona was a playoff team last year. We're going to go to Arizona and we're shocked we're underdogs. I'd be like, we probably would be underdogs. Our expectation level is really what has changed a lot throughout this, especially during this four game winning streak. Yeah, I think it's, it is the expectation levels that have changed because even as the season started, you know, at an okay pace, my expectations continued to not be very high. Right. Yeah. And I don't mean it in the wrong way because obviously I'm a diehard Seahawks fan. That's why we're doing this. You know, this is a, you know, this is, this is a, this is work for us, but it's also, we're diehard Enjoyable. Seahawks fans. And it's also in, like, my we're, passion. we're fans talking to fans. Like this is where we are fans. And, uh, it's uh, even after a couple game winning streak, I started being like, okay, like, yeah, yeah, this team is a playoff chance, but like, can't be that good. Right. Like I, I kept taming my expectations, but now it's just getting to a point where it's, I was going through the standings. I mean, the Eagles are better than us. I would say in the NFC and maybe the Vikings outside of that. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if there's a team that's better than us outside those two teams. I'm not scared of the Cowboys. Or the whoever else, the, yeah, the Giants. I think outside the Vikings and Eagles, mm-hmm. they're probably the only two teams you could say are definitively better than the Seahawks. But with that said, due to coaching experience, I wouldn't be shocked if you go to either one of those places and win a football game. So it's like, right. That's what I was going to say. Would you be? Money? Would you be absolutely and utterly like scared no, of Jalen Hurts? No, 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 I'm not nobody because the no, Seahawks right? are that good. Yeah. If the Seahawks were bad, yes, I would be. But they're they're good. That's the thing. It's it's hard to say because they, they are eight and no. They're better than the Seahawks. The only not... team I'd be scared of to really go play their quarterback. Because okay, let's look at the playoff standings right now. And it's way too early because these probably will not be the playoff teams. But in the NFC, Jalen Hurts, not scared of. Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins, not scared of. Dak Prescott, not scared of. I'm not. Yeah, but you're you're just talking about quarterbacks. I'm talking about right, right. teams. Uh, but but no, no, I'm just trying to get to something here. So just please follow me on this one. Daniel Jones is not scared of. Jimmy Garoppolo not scared of. The only one is the guy we're playing this week. If we pl- met him in the playoffs, yeah, Tom Brady. I'm. It's Tom Brady in the playoffs. He's the only person I'm actually scared of as a right quarterback. now. Right now, right I'm now, more worried about Jalen Hurts. Um, I'm like not today. Like right now, yeah. Well, I wouldn't be. I'm telling you, I'm not. You can be. I'm not telling you what to be scared of. I'm telling you, me, though, if I'm going to go play in the playoff game, like I'm not scared of Jalen Hurts. He hasn't won a playoff game before. I'm only scared of Tom Brady because of past resume. Okay, sure. But we're talking like far long term right now because we're talking playoffs. I'm just talking in general for a second is when you look at this NFL right now, the Eagles are better than the Seahawks and probably Mm -hmm. the Vikings. Overall, 
Agreed. Because they just are, right? They they're just are. They're better teams. Yeah, they're better teams. The only team the Vikings have lost to is the Eagles. So those are the two best teams. But like we said, I forget just quarterbacks. I'm looking at the whole situation, right? Because also coaching. Who wins a coaching matchup in any of these scenarios? In the NFC, it's it's Pete Carroll. I mean, yeah, Pete Carroll. Number the one. Only, Pete Carroll, and then I guess second is uh, Shanahan. If we're talking about the teams that are actually in the playoffs right now, because he's been to a Super Bowl. I guess, but he's also somewhat overrated in my eyes. I mean, like at some point, McVeigh. I still, I don't, I know they have a. Their matchups are not good against each other, but like I'm just talking mm-hmm. about the whole NFC. Pete Carroll's the forget the playoffs. The whole mm-hmm. NFC. Pete Carroll's the only. Co- There's no Harbaugh, Bilicek, Tomlin. Those are all in the AFC. The, the best coach mm-hmm. is Pete Carroll, like the most tenured. So I think going into yeah. a playoff series, going into any playoff, not series playoff, uh, going on a playoff run against any of these teams, I know number one, the Seahawks have the coaching advantage probably. Number two, I know Geno Smith is not experienced, but he is experienced at the same time. It seems like he's not very phased by like moments, experiences. When they asked him about his pick six after the game, he was like, like, what went through your head? He said, what went through my head is next play. He's like, like, I've been in this league long enough to know like one play does not determine your your game. And I'm like... You know, he's not a young quarterback. He's not a 22-year-old guy in this first, you know, first big moment of his life. Like, even if it's his first big playoff game or first big moment, I don't think it phases him very much because he's 32 years old and he's been in the league for 10 years. And yeah, and he's also cut. And he's playing right now with, I mean, literal house money. Yeah, for that him, does there's help. nothing to lose. Uh, so I just think at the end of the day, whether we're the best team or the second, third, fourth best team, I think... Like you said, the expectations are way higher than they once were, and I think it's rightfully so because this team has proven to be a good running team, a good passing team, great coaching, a good defense now all of a sudden, like can cover top receivers. DeAndre Hopkins didn't you know, give us nightmares on no. Sunday. That's a big deal. That's a big deal if DeAndre Hopkins is not giving you nightmares. That means you can, you can defend good receivers, and that's going to be huge. And we can defend the run game and we can slow down a running quarterback. Kyler Murray didn't put up a hundred rushing yards on us. Right. You know, so there's so much optimism here for a team that I thought was going to win three, four games. I don't know what's going on and I can't get a grip of, I can't understand what's happening still at this point because I couldn't, at the end of the day, it's it's mostly Geno Smith. I couldn't have guessed this was going to happen. I I just can't believe it. I'm excited. I keep getting more excited every week. I totally agree with you. And I think that this team is just continually, continually making us change our expectations for this season. Like I'm, I so shocked by saying that, but I actually believe it. Like my expectations for this season have been changed. Uh, I mean, I think now if we told me we ended this season eight and nine and missed the playoffs by a game, I'm disappointed. Yeah. Oh, if we missed the playoffs. Oh, yeah. But okay, I guess at this point, let's say the Seahawks do become a playoff team, right? Mm-hmm. What What are we? Let's just say the season ended today, because there's a very high chance what we're seeing roughly right now at week nine, ten. What you see in the standings is pretty close to most of the teams are going to make it, right? I would confidently say like the Eagles, the Vikings, probably mm-hmm. the Seahawks right now, the Cowboys, like those couple teams, like pretty confidently that. Unless there's an epic disaster, those teams are playoff teams right now. Yeah. My question is, you go into the playoffs right now, 
like wh- where do the expectations sit right because like i i think this team is really good and you've they've improved they're proving to be good every single week mm-hmm. but it's you know would you be shocked if the seahawks go to the playoffs and just lose no know, but i mean once you make the playoffs i mean again especially this year i say my expectations is win win a game one yeah win win a you game get a home game at this point we're a third seed yeah, you gotta take care of home field advantage and win a game. That would be like uh that would be like my expectations win a playoff game. I mean, I don't think my expectations are to win a Super Bowl this year. It's a rebuilding year. Um we weren't supposed to be here. Winning a game, I'd say it was a successful season. Obviously, just like the Mariners, I said this the whole entire thing. Yes, there's my expectations, but will I be disappointed when the season ends? Absolutely. Still, right? Like yeah, you're never you gonna be get, like you're never happy watching your team lose in a playoff or a right. series, whatever. Because you know how close you are. Like literally, if you're you win a playoff game, now you're two wins away from a Super Bowl. Yeah, well, that's the crazy thing too in the NFL is uh one game, right? So you never know. I mean, we've seen our Seahawks what year was it, 2010 at seven and nine make the playoffs and and win a game against New Orleans in the playoffs. Right. So you really never know in the NFL, especially because it's just one game, one game. The, speaking of the Eagles that we've been talking about, like, mm-hmm. you know, they won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles when their quarterback goes down because, and you've seen the Giants as a six seed two times, beat Tom Brady in a Super Bowl. Just right. you win games, you win games, right? Like in the playoffs. So you never know. Uh, I would say that uh, there's, I feel like there's also a lot of, there, outside of Tom Brady right now, because they'll probably make the playoffs in that division. Like you said, the quarterback situation, first of all, there's not a lot of playoff experience outside of Tom Brady right now. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you could say Dak Prescott has playoff experience, but it's not like he's won anything. Neither right. is Jalen Hurts. Neither is Kirk Cousins. All these guys are... Neither is Geno Smith. I mean, that's the I don't know. Totally. That's why I'm I was saying that there's no difference other than Tom Brady that right. Geno Smith can go in there against anybody and kind of be in somewhat of a similar situation. Maybe not Dak. I guess Dak's played a couple big ones in Kirk, but nothing significant. Not right. That's talking Super Bowls. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean by neither has Geno. Like he's in the same exact. I know. I was just, I it was part of my sentence. You just said it. So I was saying that that was the point. All is right. that it, there's Geno and like, it's all in the same, except for Tom Brady. And Tom Brady, maybe if he keeps playing the way he's playing, he's not playing like the superstar Tom Brady. <laughs> right. So, yeah, no, um, that's, I guess, but to answer, I guess, the whole entire question, that's, that, that's my expectation. Anything I think now. What question? Short... Well, we're like 15 no, minutes past the question. What question? The Never mind. Here, just. No, no, answer what question? Man, you well, got. Because like, I, I'm just asking. You said answer the you... question. I was like, what question? I was just trying to, you know, kind of wrap up the whole entire conversation because you went through the whole thing. I'm saying that basically, I'm not, I'm not like, a, I'm not, I'm not like arguing with you. I'm asking what question. I'm, I'm trying to get to that. I'm saying that to wrap up the whole thing where we started. Like, what are the expectations now going into playoffs? And with all that like stuff we just said, the qu- the answer to me would be anything short of a playoff win would be a disappointment at this point. That's my expectations. Yeah, I mean, playoff win should be good. Uh, I think at the end of the day, obviously, actually, obviously making the playoffs is good too, just in the sense of right. this team was, I think, odds-wise, like if you look at like Vegas, I think it was the Texans, Bears, and Seahawks were the mm-hmm. three worst, teams, I think. Three worst teams going into the season. Like six wins was their over-under. They already got it. Um, and I think they were like top five odds in the getting the first mm-hmm. pick. So making the playoffs technically... In terms of, if we're looking at, I guess the, the expectations are uh, 
depends on the time of the year, right? To start the season, making the playoffs is like exceeding. Oh yeah, that's a hundred percent. Yeah, if we're going from step one, it's but but it, it's it is weird how your expectations can change every week, and I think now we're at this point where it's like, man, we're on week. Well, we're going into week ten. Like the expectations every single week are just getting a like little higher and higher. It's just, I just th- I think it's I think it's really interesting how you can go from being, you know, like the team that's projected to be one of the worst three in the league. So your expectations are like here, and then five, six, seven weeks later, all of a sudden we're talking about a team that has a what does it say, ten percent chance of making the Super Bowl? Like right, and that just goes back to coaching and the environment and the team and being the organization that we are. Um, which you know, in a weird way, like you got to give so much more credit to Pete Carroll than we do, and we do right, but like it's even more. We've seen an organization like the Patriots haven't, you know, kind of gone really. No, they made the playoffs last year, but that's because the, you know, it was a weird year. But they weren't able to go so seamlessly, and that's with Bill Belichick. Like it's been seamless with Pete Carroll in one year. Like before Russ, we made the playoffs. After Russ, during Russ, we made the playoffs. Now this, we're in first place. Like it's seamless. I'll ha- I have one counter to that is. The Patriots are five and four. There's right. never a winning record this year with very questionable quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. And they made the playoffs last year, which the Seahawks didn't with a Russell Wilson too. Right. No, yeah, I'm saying but it's been three years now without like it's it's not been like such a seamless transition without I, I understand, but but that uh, I, I would didn't finish the point there. The point was that we got really lucky is that Geno Smith, and I don't know if this is Pete Carroll or if Geno Smith is actually just like, I don't know if, if we traded Geno Smith to, let's say, the Patriots right now, would he be as good? And then they're really good. Like, so I, I'm not the one hard thing here is I think we all know in the NFL is the quarterback can really dictate how good your success is. We're seeing it with Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season, right? They're really bad right now when they don't have a quarterback. Right. And so I don't know if the Seahawks just got really lucky that Geno Smith is really good or if most of that credit not most, but like a good majority of that credit goes to Pete Carroll because if Bill Belichick had a guy playing like Geno Smith, I tell you that team's not five and four. They're probably seven and two, yeah. right? Is it luck or is it that we're good at evaluating talent and just, and we're good at, I don't know. That, yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. It's the, I can't answer the, the problem is I can't answer anything in relation to Geno Smith because it's been the most unique, awesome, there's so many verbs. There's so many adjectives you could use. I mean, like for this, like unique, yeah, awesome, surprising, exciting situation. Fun. I've ever I, seen. fun is probably my favorite one. It's fun. It's great to see a guy really rejuvenate his whole entire career after being a backup for as long as he has. I mean, we were talking about this yesterday. There's not many precedents for this in history of the NFL. So we are seeing something very, 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 very odd happening with Geno Smith. And I love it, obviously. So you just went from saying fun to unique to odd. This is what I mean. There's yeah, I know. I, I know. There's not one word. I was saying there's not one word. And you said, I would say fun. And then your sentence finished off like five more of those adjectives because it is fun, but it's also more than it is fun. It's also surprising and unique. Okay, and I guess odd. I, I would <laughs> say my favorite word to describe would be fascinating. Yeah, it is, it is pretty fascinating. There's no, uh, there's not, a, I don't, I don't know. I don't think there is a single word because it makes no sense. I think what's happening this year doesn't make much sense. 
we've never seen something like this outside of we talked about this yesterday but maybe steve young is an example um but geno's to me is maybe even more shocking in the sense that the dude hasn't been a starting quarterback for eight years i don't know if steve young had to wait that long i, I have no <laughs> I idea that's what did. i was doing on football reference right. but uh at the end of and so I think he was number one pick too, right? Steve Young. So it's not like, I mean, Gino wasn't, it was a first rounder, correct? Yeah, I don't know. I think he was 50 something pick. If I'm not okay. So here's what, person. all right. So here's, I mean, just to talk about, uh, no, there, so he was 22nd overall, Steve Young. I don't know what Gino Smith was. So as a first round draft pick, he played two years in Tampa Bay was the starter and lost his job. And then was the backup for one, two, three, four, five, Six years in San Francisco, then became a Hall of Fame quarterback and won a Super Bowl. So it's about the same as Geno Smith. Yeah. Um, obviously, Geno Smith, we don't know if he's going to get as good as him, but it's about the same as Geno Smith. Uh, but once again, I the only thing that'd be making you said what pick was Steve Young? You said it's 22nd overall. Okay. I was going to say, if he was like the first pick, it's wait, it's maybe the last surprise. Was, wait, wait, no, 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 no. That's 22nd overall weighted career. AV. <laughs> Steve that Young was. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's look it up here. I got first, guys, first overall in the supplemental draft. What the hell does that mean? Is, is that I think that's a secondary draft because I think he um, remember like Josh Gordon was in the supplemental yeah. draft because Steve Young did the whole uh, Mormon uh, mission, I think. The whole Mormon thing, yeah, it's called a mission. Mission. I know. I at first I didn't know what it was called, and I said thing, and I said mission. Uh, okay, but to that makes it a little less shocking, if that makes any sense, to you, because maybe he had some bad times at some other places, but like he was supposed to be this good, right? I think Gino so, yeah. Smith was 39th pick in the draft, second rounder, and even though he was so good in college, it seems like all NFL scouts said, eh. Not a first round guy, not guy that, and then played at teams and were all like, yeah, we were right. Everyone was pretty much right on Geno Smith, right? Being a second yeah, oh, rounder, yeah. like 100%. They were correct. Yeah. With Steve Young, it seems like it was more like other teams were maybe wrong about him, if anything, because if he was the number one pick in that draft, like that means maybe the opportunities weren't right in those certain situations and they were, they were right about him, but they didn't give him the right opportunities. Uh, and then he turned out to match what his expectations were, even though there was a I think the stories are the same, but I think the expectations here is like what we were talking about before. The expectations were a little different. Steve Young was expected to be a Hall of Famer. Geno Smith was expected to be this backup for his career. Yeah, so uh, that's a good way to put it. It's but it's the, it's probably the only two cases we have that it's like this. And now you can add guys like Kurt Warner, but he was not a backup in the NFL. In the NFL. But but it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter if he's in the NFL or not. Like at the end of the day. No, it does not matter. He, at at the end of the day, he's a guy that everyone's like, nope. And then all of a sudden you get you you get an opportunity and you prove yourself to be a Hall of Fame guy. Now, if Geno Smith yeah. does this, that means we're gonna maybe have a Hall of Fame quarterback for five years. Uh this would just be the craziest like ending to this story that I've ever seen in my life. Like yeah, it, it would be very, 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 very fortunate for the Seahawks. Yeah. I mean, it'd be the coolest uh I mean, it'd be the easiest team to root for in the NFL, like after, you know, being out that long and then doing it. Like, it's an easy team to root for, whether, unless you're like a, you know, fan of a rival team. Yeah. Uh, I, it's pretty hard. I don't think anyone's like against, you know, Smith. I mean, I mean the, like, obviously outside of like division rival type of stuff. Yeah. Like, nobody's like, damn, this sucks that Geno Smith's good. 
<laughs> maybe they, maybe Jet fans just because like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't even think so. I think they think it's funny. Like we're not even the same division. Like not even the same conference. Ooh, True. Cares. Yeah, like, I was looking up Rich Gannon. By the way, if you're interested. Go ahead. All right. Um, even if I said I'm not interested, I know you're going to read it. <laughs> well, if you, yeah. Anyway, um, so he played. Got to take a joke, George. Uh, take a joke, my friend. I, I am taking a joke, but I'm just trying to read these stats for you. So anyway, the point is, he was a starting quarterback. One, two. It looks like an injury there. Three, four, five years of Minnesota. Went and started in Washington. Then became a backup for one, two, three years in Kansas City. Started two years in Kansas City. Then became good in Oakland. Like, but he had a lot of more opportunities. It seems like than uh, Geno Smith. It sounds like he had a lot of starting opportunities. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, yeah, I, I was not prepared for this. I thought he was going to have a similar similar. Yeah, Geno Geno is very unique, man. Like he also got passed around. Like nobody saw the potential. The one thing with the Steve Young thing as well. It seemed like the 49ers knew he was good. And they were like, just wait till Montana's gone. And you're going to be... And it kind of feels the same though with oh, the Seahawks thing. The Seahawks have kept Geno Smith around for like four or five years. And everyone's kind of like, remember how many times we've heard the go get Cam Newton, go get Kaepernick as yeah, a backup oh, in yeah. case. We got a lot of those. And the Seahawks were like, no, we got Geno Smith. We're okay. And we there was a lot of talk about that. Like Kaepernick and, and Cam Newton and maybe we should get a better backup. Like Mariota was a topic all the time. The Baker Mayfields of the world, the Sam Darnolds of the world. Like always when there's that guy that kind of lost their job is looking for something. The Seahawks always came up as a potential like, oh, bring him in. And the Seahawks continually would say, no, we have Geno Smith as the backup and re-signing him. And you're yeah, like, huh, and, interesting. And I, they knew I'd be, something. I'd be lying if I was in agreement with that because I was not. Neither was I. I was always pissed. Like, why the fuck are they re-signing Geno Smith again? And it turns out yeah, it was You know what? I, I'm gonna start like saying this more often in general. Like we're really not fucking smarter than the rest of these guys. I always say it, bro. That's why I honestly mean you were in the rare non-fire Pete Carroll class. A lot of you know a lot of people were in yeah. that. I was in the Seahawks are gonna be bad class this year because of mm-hmm. the Russell Wilson trade. But I didn't. Me and you were never the like we gotta get rid of Pete Carroll. This guy's old. Like you know what? They probably like, first of all, the GM probably knows more than us. Pete Carroll knows yeah. more than us. hundred <laughs> percent. And, and yeah, wait, like, the GM, what, excuse me. What did you say? GM probably knows more than us. The GM know, there are some really bad GMs. I'm talking about, I'm not just talking about Seahawks GM. There's some even really the worst, GMs even there. the worst GMs probably know better than all of us. They watch the tape. They sit there and they work know. on it all day. We're, we kind of shoot from the back of our ass. I'm just but, saying at this point, over 50 years, I probably could have come up with a better quarterback than the Chicago Bears. Probably. One time. You, probably. Pro- you probably could. I would not. Uh, I would not. Agree. Just the Bears. Okay, just the Bears. Yeah. That's all. Even though they've had a great defense. But I could probably scout a better quarterback than the Bears one time. Or the Jets. Yep. I mean, hey, the Jets took Geno Smith. Maybe you just don't know how to... Uh... Utilize him. Yeah. yeah, and look, Pete Carroll made Mark Sanchez a Rose Bowl quarterback. Maybe Pete Carroll's a quarterback whisper. Uh, he, he could be. Matt Liner was a legend with him, right? So was yeah. Mark Sanchez. These guys were not the best NFL players. Russell Wilson is the worst quarterback in the NFL, and look what he was with Pete. He's like the third worst, but yeah. He's okay, but if you if you combine personality with him, it only took. Or if you put salary, is the worst at his salary. Yeah, the high right. salaries. Yeah, worst deal in the NFL. Yeah, it, for now, yeah, yeah. 
I don't I don't want to like I'm not going to talk I told you I, there was some point where I decided I'm going to stop talking about Russell Wilson so much because if I say too much he's going to end up being like an MVP by the end of the year if I you talk don't, too much you don't, you don't want to jinx it no like he's just not very good right now he might, he's probably going to turn it around I keep saying positive things for him because like I feel like it helps like oh he probably turned it around he's good just the, maybe the contract's a little bit of an overpay but no big deal and can I, I hope, make can I make you feel watching. better about our, us getting a top five pick though it's not top five right now. It's at seven, I think. But I mean, I mean, to like, because you said how many percent chance we have? Twelve percent. Something chance. Like that, to, yeah. yeah, they play the t- at the Titans. That's a tough team. Then they got two easy games: Raiders, Panthers. But then they play at Ravens, Chief, Cardinals, at Rams, at Chiefs, Chargers. Those are tough, outside, tough games. Yeah, outside two the Chiefs, Chiefs, though, bro. I don't know. You never fucking know. The Raiders kind of suck. The Panthers might suck. The Rams might suck at that point. A lot the Chargers kind of suck. <laughs> actually, the I was shocked how good the Chargers record is. I was actually shocked. No, they're like they're five f- and four. They're five and three. Like yeah, the, yeah that's but they keep, lot, they lose they lose their players every other week. Too. I, I know, like I know. That's why I thought they were having a much worse season than five and three because of how many injuries they have. Yeah, it was a good Seahawks win. That's what you're trying to say. Oh, great. The, one of the best. No one gives a shit on this podcast about us talking about the Chargers right now. <laughs> so uh, my point is that I don't think I, I don't I don't think it's as bad of a schedule as you're making it sound. A lot of those teams are underperforming outside of the Chiefs. Uh, but the, the the Broncos are definitely not going to be a playoff team, which we're, I, or I'd be shocked if they're a playoff team, which means it's going to be a good draft pick for the Seahawks. Anything if you get anything in the top 12, 13, 12, Mm-hmm. for this trade and we didn't have to pay Russell Wilson and we got Geno Smith and we got, you know, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris and got all these rookies. We got right. Charles Cross off of this trade with that ninth pick. I mean, anything around 12, 11, 10, like the Seahawks really won that trade. Absolutely. Really yeah, so, totally did. I'm hoping, uh, hoping they continue to be bad. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, uh, absolutely. Uh, what do you think happens with the Seahawks game this week? Um, I, I predicted a win every week. I'm, I, 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 do, I honestly don't think we're going to win this week. And I think that's okay. We're not going to, we're not going to finish this season. Um, what? 14 and three. So uh, this is going to be one of the two or three more losses we have in this season. I'm going to guess a win when the Seahawks are underdogs. I kind of like to guess a win. I feel like the next game where I see them as like four or five point favorites in Vegas, I'm going to be like, weary about it and be like, all right, now everyone believes in us and there's going to be that bad game. I still feel like they have this underdog mentality, even though they're so good. And I feel like we win when it's like that. I'm going to save my loss prediction, like I said, to when everybody's picking the Seahawks. Okay, and then that's I'm fair. Go against them. But I, I do think we're going to win this week. I don't know. I feel like the Seahawks do have good luck outside of the Super Bowl against Tom Brady, like regular season games. I cannot tell you yes or no, to be honest. I, have, I said, I feel like I'm not, yeah, I, uh, I was not looking for an exact record. I said, I feel like we, when Russell Wilson beat them in New England once, and I know we beat them at home once. Uh, yeah, I no, Richard I, Sherman, remember Rich Sherman came up to him with the handshake that one time thing? Like, okay, I know yeah. the Seahawks have beat the, beat the Patriots a couple, at least beat Tom Brady a couple times in the regular season, and against even the Patriots. Maybe it's the page or something. Like we had the Cam Newton stop as well. Yeah, so. true, true. Yeah, I have no idea. I, I I wasn't trying to poo-poo your point. I was just saying I didn't. I I wasn't. Sure. I couldn't recall them, and you recalled a few of them for me. So yeah, I think I think they're good against Tom Brady. But who knows? You never know if Tom Brady too. He hasn't been playing up to standard. But then again, Tom Brady can wake up 
feeling dangerous as Russell Wilson would say and come out and throw 500 yards. You know, like yeah. you never know with this guy. Yeah. So. <laughs> but we'll see. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to like the timing. It's an overseas game. I, I don't necessarily think it's going to be a crisp game for either team. Yeah, probably not. It's the first Germany game. Everyone's, yeah. No one's, no one has like the schedule down exactly how a, how a Germany travel game is supposed to go. Exactly. But probably similar have... to London, but you know what I mean? Like it's oh, like yeah. the exact same. None of these guys have stayed in any of these hotels. Like the London games, people start to get used to. Like it's not even a shock to me anymore to see a game in London, right? right. Like whatever. And, I mean, if they also speak English. I'm not saying like they're on the streets talking to a bunch of people. There's a completely different, like even the signs in the stadium are in German. I'm sure they have English signs up too, but it's a completely different country. Yeah. I don't know if that matters too much. To how, how many days do they get there? Do you know? I, I have no idea. I think they're already there. They just flew straight. I don't know. I, Thought I read that somewhere, but I could be totally wrong. Don't actually... I'm sure they're there today, tomorrow, some next next few hours, next like 24 to 48. They have yeah. to be because you're trying to adjust for three, four days, right? Right. You're on a whole different uh, time. Class. Actually, I have no idea. I don't think maybe they're not there yet. Huh. We'll figure it out. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. that matters. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really matter. But the point is they're going to get there soon. Start adjusting to that time because it is weird. I mean, like a 630 a.m. Pacific time game it's not that's early they're used to like the 1 p.m games on sundays and you know these guys have very you know strict like regimes yeah Yeah, regiments like absolutely so it's going to be interesting but both teams for both it's not just one that's so that's the good news who gets caught doing high knees on the plane uh no one does because we don't have any idiots on our team Okay, idiot's a kind of a mean word for russell it's It's okay i mean i mean i can that's much more much more successful than us so I know, God but you can be, but you can be. God cl- bless you, that idiot. <laughs> sure, I bet you can also be a uh, uh, what you call social idiot and be really successful. I wouldn't say like um, he is socially an idiot. That's yeah. Funny. So you said we don't have an idiot on the team. I was like, that's kind of, okay. I mean, I don't know if he's an idiot. He's socially fucked up. He's socially awkward. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean by idiot. Like social idiot. <laughs> Like a guy that would do high knees on a plane up and down an aisle while everyone's yeah, sleeping. Like, while everyone's sleeping. Like that's how problem that, is yeah. I believe he did do the high knees. I don't believe he did it for four hours, but I actually I'm hundred percent certain he did start doing it, high he knees. He probably did a high knee on the airplane. No, he did do them. Players have confirmed he was doing high knees on the airplane. So yeah. but I know he wasn't doing it for four hours. Okay, here's the thing with the players confirming he did a high knee. Okay, he did, sure. I'm not gonna say he didn't, but there's no way a teammate's gonna come be like, yeah, Russ is a fucking liar, <laughs> either, right? Even yeah, but no one's it. gonna, no one's gonna say yes if he didn't do it. They'd be like, oh, we're not talking about that. Come on. Or they'd say that, yeah, I guess. But like, like people, players were tweeting after, like, no cap, he really did this. Like, they wouldn't yeah. say that. They're not just trying to like, oh yeah, let's like let's let's egg on your lying stories. Like somebody eventually would be like, this guy's a fucking liar. <laughs> or somebody gets traded midseason would say he's a liar, right? Well, I, I, I hope there's one day, like six years from now, it comes out that he was lying the whole time. The book of lies, it. Russell Wilson. Yeah, I hope so. I really do hope so. Speaking of Russell Wilson, we should add this last topic because it's actually important. I know you have the Gino wristband topic on here because yep. Pete Carroll was on uh, Brock and Salk or whatever, Salk and Brock, mm-hmm. whatever it is, uh, yesterday. And uh, what, what Pete Carroll said, like, Oh, it's really helpful that Gino has the wristband and him yeah. and Shane can do that. And we had some resistance to that in the past. And yeah. like you saw both guys smirk when he said that. Like, oh God, here we go. Yeah, that's, I guess I, mean, I was reading about it a little more. I, Russell Wilson refused to wear a wristband. Yeah, that's what uh, that's obviously what I mean, like refused to. Like, I but can you uh, someone needs to explain to me 
what what's the refusal behind it like is it not cool? like what why would anyone refuse a wristband i'm just like psychologically is there some reason not to want to wear a wristband i mean because he thinks he can run the offense his way i don't know you never know either he thinks he can run the offense his way uh he thinks him you know russell wilson has weird theories probably might have been like demeaning his intelligence like i don't need a wristband to be able to help call these plays you never know yeah i have Uh, no idea i'm just i'm actually was i'm actually asking in like a like if anyone knows why is there like a does that mean like gino has no audibles like i just wonder what the whole like i refuse to wear wristband actually comes from i'm wondering that's all i have no idea um because i mean if you just go through some people's comments here uh you know, there's a lot of if you go Google search right now, you can find pictures of Manning, Brady, and Rogers all wearing wristbands. Okay, right? so yeah, I thought I thought that yeah, to yeah. my head. I didn't say that because I didn't want to be wrong. Like I wasn't sure if I remembered that correctly. So I'm just wondering what the logic behind it is. No, I, I don't think anyone knows. Um, I think that's why it's kind of a shocking situation, and that's what I mean. Picaro said there was resistance resistance to that, so we didn't do it before. So like it was mm-hmm. obvious. That was the point of the quote is that like Russell just said, no, I'm not wearing it. It's so. just, it's just weird. Has he, is he, I'm interested to one. Does he wear a wristband in Denver? There's zero percent chance. <laughs> like I'm just, yeah, I maybe learning. I have no idea. I'm not, and I'm, I guess wristbands are not my uh, expertise at all. So I just wonder. Yeah, it and no by wristbands, guys, for somebody, somebody that might be confused by this, we're talking about like the play calling. Yeah, yeah not just like a wristband. Russell Wilson does wear like black tape wristbands on his wrist. Somebody's yeah. gonna Google and be like, "He's wearing wristbands." Like, I know. I was about uh, to we're say talking that. about the play calling. I, I was. I, yeah, we're just assuming that. Like, uh, yeah, but the the we're talking about the calling wristband, the one with the white cover that you see quarterbacks uh, look yeah. into, the the playbook one. <laughs> I I see someone. Uh, he was wearing a wristband once. Is this years ago or is this fake? No, oh, he wore it back in like 2012. Okay, he did. Early okay, in his, early in his career, he did. But he's not. All we know is that Pete Carroll's talking about the connection of Geno Smith with Shane Waldron. So all we know is that during the Shane Waldron area the last year or two, there's definitely been a refusal. I don't. We don't know. I don't think. I have no research of 2016, 17. Okay, yeah. but we know that. He was talking about why Shane Waldron's offense working so well with Geno with Smith. Geno Smith, okay. And then he's talking about how Geno Smith's good at, you know, the the scheme and and how everything's going smoothly using the wristband, which we had refusal to that in the past, so we didn't do it before. That was like that was like the flow of the sentence, and so it was like, oh, you basically just said the wristband's helping a lot with offense, and Russell refused. <laughs> yeah, Shane Waldron. Make, makes sense. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's weird. It is weird. Yeah, but, I don't. I don't get it. So, man. Yeah, and this goes to it. show maybe Russell. You know, there was times where he. It's not that he got much worse, but in the last year in Seattle, maybe it was just harder to get him to lock into team philosophies. And, right. And same thing in Denver, maybe. Right. Like it, maybe he hasn't gotten much worse, talented wise or whatever. But we've seen him refuse to use his legs to save his body, even though he's really good at using his legs. We've seen him refuse to get rid of the ball because he's scared of making, you know, mistakes, like throwing interceptions and stuff mm-hmm. where you just get, if you get rid of the ball, like you need to get rid of the ball. Right. Um, so, and now you're talking about things like refusing to wear the wristband. Like maybe there is not this talented drop, but the ego and refusing to do little things that can help have just 
you know, made made it worse for him. You never know. Yeah, yeah he's an egomaniac in my opinion, and I, I'm not I'm not mincing my words by any means. Yeah. Well, we'll see if he gets any better or not. <laughs> Hopefully not. All right. Well, I think that's all we got, man. But uh, end of the day, go Hawks. We yes, had a sir. fun weekend this week in, in Arizona. That was awesome to watch them on the road like that, bro. And everybody, thanks for showing out in Phoenix. Hope you guys enjoyed yeah, the sunshine. It, we are was, here in Phoenix. so Yeah, it was great. Um, like, like I said, we have one of the best fan bases in football, and it just goes to show when you see us on the road. Shout out 12th man. Shout out uh, everybody out here. And if you like all sports, make sure you check out our other podcast. It's the Sports on Tap podcast, just like this one. Drop the word Seattle. So look up the Sports on Tap podcast on all platforms or follow us at the Sports on Tap. And for the Seattle brands, follow us everywhere at Sant Seattle, S-O-N-T, Seattle. I'm Sammy on Tap. That's S-A-M-I on Tap. And I'm George on Tap. And like we like to... That was a weird sentence by me. And as we like to say, thanks for stopping by to this podcast and to Phoenix. And uh, we'll see you next time.